the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by The Athletic. Sports fans, there's no better place to get breaking news, real time commentary, and long form stories than The Athletic with the NFL power rankings, Major League Baseball's postseason breakdowns. And of course, plenty more as the NBA and NHL get themselves ready for the upcoming rosters. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track for 40% off your first year subscription. That's theathletic.com slash spot track. Happy Wednesday. My name is Mike Gennetti. It's a cousin Dan day, but not a baseball day. Eh, there's some baseball at the end of that, but uh, it's a roster construction day and we're focusing on one team specifically. I'm not going to tell you which team that is. But it is one team that is currently 2-0 that has some notable free agents coming up that they have to decide upon, that has a new quarterback that's playing well, but probably isn't going to be good enough to be, be swapped out in 2022. And just the idea of that alone makes 2021 so interesting. They're a winning team who has really nice pieces so much could change because they're in order to become Super Bowl contenders, they could do this, this, and this, and at least on paper, immediately be in that conversation. So it's really interesting to talk about them today, break down their roster, their cap situation, their upcoming free agents, some projections on trade values, contract pro, you know, projections, and see kind of as a whole where this team specifically could be at the trade deadline coming up in the offseason and then in 2022 when we think that they could really push for the conference. So that's Cousin Dan in a couple of minutes. But first, I do want to talk some baseball. Uh, Scott Allen put together some great numbers for me and actually updated one of the views on our site to kind of coalesce with this. So if you're looking on Spot Track and you're looking at the Major League Baseball contracts view, just basically showing you every contract in baseball, you can toggle it to a point where you can see cumulative cash, which goes both ways. It counts up a contract and it counts down a contract, which allows us to see how much remaining a player has and then cumulatively what a team has remaining. So that sparked some conversations this week because we noticed there were some teams kind of building all at once, right? Certainly the Padres are the focal, focal point of this conversation with the last two off seasons that they put together, acquiring players via trade, signing free agents, extending some of their younger kids to, to bigger contracts. And, uh, where do they stand now in the scope of Major League Baseball? Well, it's big. <laughs> okay, Scott put together these numbers. There is a view now on Track that shows this. It is the cumulative cash remaining by team view. And I'll tweet that out at some point here to, to kind of go along with this conversation. So the Padres, so, so looking ahead. So after 2021, starting next year, here's the guaranteed dollars remaining on payrolls for all 30 teams in baseball. Let me bury the lead. The Orioles are last with zero. <laughs> okay. They're last with zero. The only thing they have on their payroll going forward is Chris Davis's deferred money. That's it. That's it. All right. The San Diego Padres have $761 million of guaranteed dollars allocated to their payroll for the next 15 years or so. That is 100 and 40 million more, excuse me, $171 million more than number two, the Yankees at $589 million. 
The Padres have spent have $171 million more allocated to their total payroll than any other team in baseball. That's how much damage they've done with Tatis, with Hosmer, with Machado, with Snell, with Clevenger, with Darvish, just to name a few. They have really pushed that gas pedal down. And that's going to be the discussion of this entire th- podcast, to be honest. We're going to talk about an NFL team that I think could be doing this next with three or four really notable positions. and you know, hopefully it's got better results because the Padres are going to be on the outside looking in this year. Maybe they're just a year away. We'll see what happens next year, but they are certainly pot invested right now. Yankees are second at 589. The Angels are third with 564. That's Rendon and Trout, notably, of course. Philadelphia Phillies with Bryce Harper's contract at 501 million. That's also Rio Muto, Zach Wheeler, quite a few big deals in the, on that roster. And then the Mets round out the top five, 430 million. That's certainly Frankie Lindor. Sort of, of of DeGrom. He's got a few years left on that. Um, and then a couple of smaller contracts to, to fill in the blanks there. But that's your top five. Dodgers are, are sixth right now with 380. That's going to change. Um, you know, Trevor Bauer might be off. Max Scherzer might be back. What happens to Clayton Kershaw's situation? What happens to Corey Seager? Is, is Cody Bellinger going to get extended? A lot of situations there. Trevor Story. Could be in the in the car in the cold, or excuse me, Trey Turner long term there. What happens with his extension? So they're sixth right now, but that should change, knowing what we know about the Dodgers. I'll give you the bottom few. I mentioned the Orioles, the Cleveland Indians slash Guardians, almost nothing. Two million, basically just a buyout. The Pirates just have a buyout at three million. The Marlins basically have a you know a club option slash buyout at nine and a half million. So there's four teams with less than ten million at, allocated to their entire future payroll. That's how that's baseball in a nutshell right there. The Oakland A's have 31 and change they're, they're, That's your bottom five right there. And you'd expect Oakland to be down there. I'd expect that to change. They're good yet again. They've been good. I, uh, I do think that at some point they're going to strike. They do. They do tend to, to find their windows and push. I think we might be in one of those windows this off season. There's a good core of free agents out there. They're going to have some trade pieces available. I like, I like some of the acquisitions they made this offseason and this in-season as well that sort of set themselves up for a two- to three-year run. The biggest question with Oakland for me is, will Billy Bean be there to do it? The Mets are wooing him. Some of these other teams that are sort of rebuilding quickly, I have to imagine that some of these AL teams are invested uh, from, a, from a financial standpoint more than Oakland would be. And, and will that draw Billy out of Oakland? I think it might. I think it could. But either way, I think Oakland's going to be in, in a situation to spend some money this offseason. The team I'm looking at specifically as maybe the, the big changer between now and a year from today, Toronto. So Toronto's about 15th on this list right now, right in the middle of this pack, about $186 million in future spending. But Marcus Semien's up. Robbie Ray's up. Vlad Jr. is just always going to be up. Bo Bichette. Teoscar Hernandez has 110 RBIs. These are all young kids that it's not going to be easy just to give them a little bridge contract like the Braves got away with Acuna and Elbies. It's We're talking Tatis-type extensions for many of these players. And they still have to pay pitchers because their best pitcher is about to hit the open market. Very tough situation. Toronto's going to make the playoffs, and they're going to do some damage. I absolutely love that roster, and I'd hate to see it get blown up. 
because they're finally in a, in a spot where they're better than the Yankees right now. They're probably better than the Red Sox right now on paper and on the field. And for some reason, they, they can't find their way around the Tampa Bay Rays. Who can? But they're in, a, they're in a real window where if they can keep this thing intact, and it's real, and I do think it's real, they can be contending for the AL over the next three years. Something that you just can't say about the Blue Jays often. They don't get that opportunity with the big boys in their division. I'd love to see this team pay. And they don't have to be reckless about it. You know, they don't have to do Vlad. Is it, if it's easier to do, to do Oscar and get him locked in, who's going to be your number three guy, you, you know, hit a bunch of bombs, but also bring in a bunch of base runners. If, if that's the guy that's valuable and you can get him on a reasonable extension, do it. But you got to pay the pitchers. You got to pay the pitchers. You probably have to get one more this free agent offseason, and you have to probably bring back Robbie Ray, which isn't going to be cheap. 18 to 20 million minimum per year. So I'm looking at them in the middle of the pack today. I'm looking at them as a team that needs to stay where they are and improve slightly, which means dollar signs. So if they're 15th today, they're going to have to be probably seventh or eighth, you know, up there with the White Sox, which is where they were this time last year. And they're now seventh on this list in terms of future payroll. I'm going to expect Toronto to go from 15th to seventh or eighth over the next 12 months, if they can possibly pull that off. And I'd love to see it. All right. Let's bring in Cousin Dan and talk a little bit about a specific team's roster construction over the next calendar year. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Balance Bridge Funding, providing cost-friendly capital solutions to professional athletes since 2015. Balance Bridge has dedicated professionals who understand the industry and are ready to customize a repayment plan catered to your client's situation and financial objectives today. Borrow wisely and cost-effectively, avoid those broker fees, and there's no prepayment penalties if you pay it all back early. Whether your client is currently under contract and simply needs a bridge against guaranteed earnings, a free agent looking to invest or make a purchase on their next contract, or looking to borrow for any other reason at all, let Balance Bridge take a look, provide a solution, and be your resource today. Visit balancebridge.com. That's balancebridge.com. Cousin Dan, welcome back to the show. Generally, it's a baseball discussion. We're going to have plenty of those soon. I've got my free agent piece brewing for this upcoming winter. I know you've got a lot of MVP discussions to have, some postseason discussions to be had. I know you did had a pretty good fantasy season as well in terms of Major League Baseball and uh, your DFS stuff. We'll get to it. It's another show. You've done some good work for us here. Um, I've started to pique your interest with just kind of breaking down specific topics, maybe with, with a gambling sense, maybe with a future projection sense, which is all in line with our content. And you decided to go with the Denver Broncos as your inaugural piece, which sounds crazy out of the gate, but I start to look at what you've got here, Dan, and we've had a little bit of discussion on it off the side here. This is a pretty, pretty polarizing team right now and in the next 12 months. Yeah, they're uh, sort of a team in flux, um, and as but we all know, but also two and zero. Very good point. Yes, um, I, I think the greater conversation is is the quarterback conversation. A lot of a lot of people think that they're missing a quarterback here, and um, that that might be the um, the thing holding them back from from being in in like conf, you know Super Bowl or conference championship conversation. So. Um, yeah, how they navigate the next few years is uh, going to be pretty interesting. But Bridgewater's been good, even at times really good. I mean, you know, he's a top 10 PFF quarterback right now. I understand that this is a two-week sense, but it's, it's 
to me, that is the most fascinating part because I'm going to sit here and I'm going to start to look at who's coming up for a contract at the end of this year. And I start with quarterbacks, of course, and Bridgewater is going to be at the top of this list. You know, Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, you can say Tyrod Taylor, you can say, you know, a couple of those other guys who are kind of complimentary pieces, Andy Dalton, possibly Ben, ben Roethlisberger. But what happens to Bridgewater here if he goes and he remains a top 10 rated quarterback this entire year? What happens? It does the is the scent of Aaron Rodgers potentially being out of Green Bay still too strong for Denver not to jump on that? I think they. I mean, I, I don't think Denver would totally rule out bringing back Bridgewater if he has a really good year, leads them to the playoffs or a deep playoff run. Um, I, I don't think he was their first option though. Um, no, he was. They were Stafford for sure. Yeah, so I think they were in on Stafford. I think they were also in on Rodgers, but it was obviously unlikely that Rodgers was getting dealt this year because of the dead cap. I think they were also in on Watson. Mm-hmm. I think they are targeting like a, an actual franchise quarterback because they've really been in purgatory there the last few years, um, just kind of scrambling. So I don't think that Teddy Bridgewater would be ruled out, but I do think that they have um, their sights set on one of the bigger fish. And I, and, and a lot of that is the way they handled this past off season. It, it, it's, it seemed like they weren't thrilled with drew lock. They want, they, they were sniffing around all of the quarterbacks that were available and they end up settling on well, quote unquote settling on, you know, Teddy Bridgewater a couple weeks into free agency. So all of those factors make me think they're not in love with him long-term. And this was more of like a stopgap. Let's see if he, let's see if he can maximize some of the, some of the upside that we have in this offense and, and go from there. But I, I don't know if it's going to be a long-term solution or not. I just feel like they are going to target. So you've got some options kind of laid out here with this quarterback situation. And your first option, Dan is draft a franchise quarterback. Can I tell you why that's not an option? <laughs> They're, they're I, terrible at this. It, it, they absolutely cannot do it, Dan. It, it's been a decade of trying to do this, and they've tried everything in terms of getting draft picks, except for moving all the way up, which is hard, easier said than done. I don't even think that's an option. And Teddy Bridgewater is just an example of another free agent signing that is going to work out here in some capacity. It is the way to go for this franchise for whatever reason. Bringing in a rookie in the middle, you know, in the teens round of the first round, it's just not the way to go for this. So I, to, to me, that's out. That's completely out here. Um, and I, I, I agree it's out also for, for two other reasons. Um, their, their contract situation does not, doesn't really, right. like, like their roster is sort of set up kind of counterproductive to that. You know what I mean? Well, it isn't or it isn't. And, and that's where I want to bring a little bit of what I know to this, which is, their secondary is phenomenally locked in. I mean, they spent months and millions doing that this off seasons, both via the draft and via free agency. So I feel really good about that position of power. I feel really good about their offensive line, which they spent a lot of time drafting and extending over the past couple of seasons. It's not the best offensive line in football, but it's certainly stable enough and experienced enough to handle any kind of quarterback right now, whether it's, you know, whether it is a rookie, if they go that route, I, I, I don't know why they would, or it's some sort of free agent, or it's just Bridgewater getting more comfortable in this current system. And, and, and we can transition into this. The weapons are outstanding and the weapons could only get better because you do have a couple of these guys who have been, you know, in and out of the lineup for injuries. 
that are coming up for contracts that I just don't see it happening. But you bring a whole nother element to this because it's not just Aaron Rodgers, right? The, the prospect of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams being available this offseason, one via, well, probably both via trade because Devontae Adams is most likely getting the franchise tag from Green Bay. So you'd have to acquire both via trade. That has got to be, especially for a team like this, with all those pieces I just said are in good order, it's kind of a plug-and-play situation. If you could bring Rodgers and his best receiver to an already good receiving core, they've got the rookie running back, it looks like, in Javante Williams. They've got Noah Fant, who's really coming into his own, and this offensive line that's, that's at least stable, that's got to be attractive to both parties here, both Rodgers and Adams and the Denver Broncos. So I don't know why anything on the current roster would matter as much as getting to that point, correct? I Yeah, I'd agree with that. Or are you afraid that they actually might have something good going here and you don't want to mess with that chemistry too much? That That's what's most... So they, they're, they're a playoff team right now. I mean, they've got... They're 2-0. They have nine more home games. I mean, they're, they're easily a playoff team. They're a 10-win team right now in, in, this, uh, in this season. And, you know, they're in a tough division, of course. But they're not going to be on the outside looking in with Teddy Bridgewater playing the way he is right now. It's just, it's not going to be enough. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when the Buffalo Bills finally got off their playoff schneid with Tyrod Taylor as the quarterback. And... They did give Taylor a bridge contract. It was like a five-year deal that was actually a one-year deal. And at the end of the day, they ended up trading him to Cleveland a, a couple of co- cups of coffee later because they just realized that they had to get better when the chance to do it was there. And that's what I see happening here. I see a good Denver team maybe overachieving with a solid roster and an okay quarterback, but there's a there's bigger fish dangling out there on the lines, you know? Yeah, totally. And and I do agree with that. I think th- that's part of the reason I think drafting a quarterback is out of the option. I, th- I think yeah. it's a bit of a roster with or without Bridgewater. I mean, even if you take him out and it's Drew Locke, I still think they're not going to be a bottom 10 team this year. So and, and to piggyback on that, if they really wanted to go that route, they were set up perfectly to do it last year and they passed on it, which they punted on the chance to to, to get fields at 10 there. Right. So, I mean, unless they just flat out didn't want him, um, like the roster was seemingly set up perfectly to drop, you know, that rookie quarterback on a rookie contract into an already established offense with really high upside in my opinion. So if they wanted to do it, they would have done it last year. So that I, I, I do agree with you. I think they either re-sign Bridgewater on a, on a bridge deal, no pun intended, or <laughs> he's used or to it. Rock- don't worry. Or Rogers, Watson, one of those guys. They they go after one of those guys. Those that's where I think they land in this. Yeah, but you also another point you bring up is now Rogers. If they go after Rogers, it you know it seems pretty clear Devonte Adams wants out of there as well. Yeah. He would like you said you would need to trade for him as well. Is that a package deal? Can the Broncos even accomplish that with their current staff cap situation? I don't. I, what do you think about that? I, oh, it's all doable. Absolutely doable because most of what they have right now is rookie-based. So there's tons of flexibility, plenty of restructures that could happen. Um, you know, the only elephant in the room with this roster, Dan, is the defensive line and the edge rush because 
you know, the Bradley Chubb situation isn't getting better. He's injured yet again. You know, it was already a question mark as to what you were going to do with him financially. To me, you're probably resetting there. And you're also resetting on the other side with Vaughn Miller, who's, uh, you know, a prospective free agent here. And I don't know that you want to pay him a good chunk of money in, 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 at the stage of his career. So you're going to have to find some pass rush. There's no question about that, which is expensive unless you, you know, somehow find yourself in the draft at a good spot, which this team may be too good to find one of the top pass rushers in this next draft. So from a free agent standpoint or an acquisition standpoint, that's also on the list. So two, exp- two expensive positions, right? You're, you're looking at, you know, a quarterback who's going to need a new contract. If you're bringing in Rogers or Bridgewater, both are, you know, both are going to be contract needy. Uh, Watson, different situation, by the way, if they go that route. And then, you know, Devante is certainly going to need a new contract and it's not going to be, uh, it's going to be the, the highest contract in the history of wide receivers. That's just what it is. So, so if, if you're bringing that in, you're, you're knowing that's about to come. Now that can be cap flexible for you in the first couple of years, but it's going to cost you a pretty penny. And then of course, some sort of pass rusher in any capacity is going to cost you some sort of, you know, decent chunk of change here. So it's an expensive approach. But I agree with you in in the situation of it feels a little bit like the Rams. The Rams loved 75% of what they had and their coaching staff and their GM were on the same page to know where their deficiencies were. And whenever they found a situation out there from a trade standpoint that they knew they could upgrade, they immediately pulled the trigger. That's what the Rams are doing. That's what good teams are doing. The Bills did it last year with Stefan Diggs. They, they know their deficiencies and they're ready to strike immediately for those imp- upgrades. I think that's how Denver has to operate in 2021. Let's figure out exactly what's going to work, what's not going to work for the next two to three years. That's all you have to worry about. This isn't a five-year plan. And if Bridgewater is even a possibility, I think I sign him back as even just a backup. Don't you? Because 38-year-old Aaron Rodgers, you know, that's probably not something you want to you want to hang your all of your bat, you know, put all your eggs in one basket with at this stage of his career. So I think long-winded, you know, short story here. It's going to be a very expensive and risky move to do this. But do you agree with this statement? This is not a Super Bowl team right now. Even if they have a nice season, they're not a contender. I I agree with that currently, but I think if if there was an upgraded quarterback, that I again, I yeah. like water, but I mean if you insert an elite quarterback, yeah, that's my team, point, Dan. They need yeah, to take they're, the upgrade. They're, they're legitimately probably a top three AFC team in my opinion, but <clears throat> that's for debate, I guess. Yeah. So, so, I, I agree with everything else. Yeah. Let's focus on the wide receiver stuff. Cause you did some really good work on this as well. And you're, you're sort of surrounding your focus around Cortland Sutton, who's kind of fascinating because he's now being pushed into the big role, something he was drafted to be anyway. Um, you know, they took him 40th overall three years ago He's had an, he had an injury filled 2020, but other than that, he was really just a slow starter in this league to the point of where they had to go and get Jerry Judy as well. You know, not a terrible decision. You want to load up your weapons as much as possible to make your young quarterbacks, you know, have the best possible chance. But now they've got an experienced quarterback and it's really starting to look good. Cortland Sutton is on an expiring contract. This is year four, that second year, that second round pick contract. Um, where are we with him? Is he the next coming of Kelvin Ridley? Or is he the guy that's going to get the big contract, become the featured wide receiver, and everybody else is sort of an ancillary option after that? Does he have a chance to really push himself forward here? So a lot has changed in the last 
in the last week here with, um, you know, with Jerry Judy going down, depending on how long term that actually is. But, um, you know, coming into the season, I actually thought Cortland Sutton was a guy that might get squeezed um, in terms of the timeline and how their, their roster has been constructed. I mean, you have Noah Fant, high draft pick, uh, Jerry Judy, high, high offensive draft pick, um, KJ Hamler as well. So <clears throat> the timeline, Don't those, those Tim guys Patrick. are uh, uh, Tim Patrick <laughs> as well. Exactly. So those guys are all sort of, uh, you know, if you will, they, they were drafted around the same time and are all kind of coming through the system together. Their contracts will expire at similar, you know, I think in consecutive years. Um, so, I felt like they were building more of like a core to insert a rookie quarterback or an elite quarterback in there. And then depending on how they operated at quarterback, um, you know, they might not be able to afford a big primetime contract for Cortland Sutton, knowing that their other offensive weapons are coming up behind him in the next couple of years. So I did think that Cortland Sutton was possibly, um, you know, a contender to, to sort of be like a roster squeeze. Um, but he really has an opportunity now to prove that he's a legit number one receiver and don't let me get out of town. Right. So I don't know where that goes this year. I don't, I mean, Jerry Judy, four more years of control, including this one, you know, it's because he was a first round pick there. There's just a long-term rookie situation there. Tim Patrick's up after this year. Cortland Sutton's up after this year. KJ Hamler's got three, you know, two years plus after this, that's an interesting situation to be dealing with here. Um, and if we're bringing the Devonta Adams conversation, which I think is, you know, it's not hearsay. We, I think it's an absolute possibility that wherever Aaron Rodgers ends up, there's going to be a big push for Devonta Adams to go there as well. And, and Green Bay will, you know, will tag him and, and try to work something out with that specifically. But, you know, let's let's even let's even expand that. Allen Robinson could be up. Chris Godwin could be up, you know, on current franchise tags that may hit the free agent market. In other words, there's going to be a legitimate option of bringing a veteran receiver to complement Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, and a, and some sort of experienced quarterback. There's options for this team to get more experienced and more, I guess, be, immediately better in in two three months here next off season. And I expect Denver to be in that in that position to do so. So I think you're absolutely right, Dan. The name I think of when I think of Cortland Sutton right now is Will Fuller. Uh, because of the injury last year, because he's got a chance to bounce back right now and, and it's kind of proved to be an, our number one receiver in this league. And then also, even if he has a great year, there still not be a spot for him, might not, might not be a spot for him on this roster in 2022. So he could be head, heading into free agency on an absolute high, which is great for him, you know, and, and good for a team who may be able to acquire him. I think that's probably where this is headed. Is anybody else on this roster... Definitely, you know, necessary to be upgraded. You know, how do we get this team in a Super Bowl contention? And I think doing a deep dive on this is actually uncovering situations on a lot of other rosters right now, right? There's there's teams that are kind of fringe like this that are maybe one or two pieces away. And what we're finding in the NFL, Dan, is especially at, at this deadline coming up in about a month here, teams aren't sitting on their hands anymore with the trade. They're they're willing to pull the trigger at the deadline, certainly in the off season, even later in the off season to get the guy they want. And we may have three quarterbacks on the trade block. We may have, have three or four wide receivers, legitimate wide receivers on the trade block. Certainly a couple of tight ends. Those, there's been a lot more movement at that position. You know, who else in this roster could be in that favor? Is Bradley Chubb going to be a question mark here? 
Potentially. Yeah, potentially. I, um, I, I mean, I would think that's just financially motivated, right. you know, motivated rather than on field production. I, 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 Mike, I, I, I truly think this roster is pretty loaded in most aspects. Like you had said, you think that their offensive line could improve. I'm not going to argue there. Um, on the flip side of that, they have a good running back room. They have three solid running backs. They have a deep wide receiver room, um, you know, in up, you know, a top tier tight end. Well, I would consider Noah fan, you know, one of the, the top 10 tight ends in the league. But um, beyond that, though, the defense is good. I, I, I like the roster up and down. I just feel like they are that elite quarterback away from being a legitimate contender. So I don't, I don't think there's a lot of upgrade potential here. I mean, obviously, Devontae Adams would be an upgrade on any, any roster in the league. Um, but if that is going to cost too much or have too many ancillary um, effects on the roster from a cap perspective, then, you know, I, I think they're currently set up to just drop a quarterback in there and let's go, you know? Yeah. You know, I don't know that we've seen a team acquire two major pieces at the same time in the NFL. I really don't think so because uh, are we, I mean, are we talking two first for Rogers at this point? You know, right. And and then what is it for Devonte Adams? Are are you about to give up four first round picks to get those two players in the door to then have to pay both of those players? Uh, it's really interesting how quickly yeah. it could fix this team, but also how quickly it could devastate the future of this team at the same time. Um, but is there a team out there that's willing to take that kind of risk to immediately upgrade their roster and mortgage their future? It's a very NBA type thing to do. Very NBA type thing to do. And I do think we're starting to trend in that direction with some of these transactions in the NFL, but that would be a very aggressive stance. I, I don't know that I can find another team in the league that is in better position to do it though than Denver, Dan. Right. And I mean, not to make like a apples to apples comparison, but literally Denver has done this before with Peyton Manning, sure. where their roster was essentially loaded up and down and they were a quarterback away. They insert Peyton Manning and look, you know, look how that turned out. So I think it's a super similar situation to, you know, five years ago or whatever it was when they, when they had to do that. So, um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. It's you, you kind of have a fork in the road here and what do you want to do? Go get a quarterback. Do you want to, do you want to roll with Teddy Bridgewater? Why this window is open? Or do you want to, you know, do you want to try and go, go bigger? So I don't think we're, I really don't think we're spitballing here, Dan. I think this has got to be a conversation they're having internally and have been having internally. Certainly they tried to get Rogers this off season. Um, and the way that they acted at the draft made me think they really thought they were going to get him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see it any other way. I really don't. So the, you asked about their cap situation. You asked about the financial situation. Right now, in terms of 2022, Denver ranks 30th in total cap. They, they, they only have $146 million added to their, their 2022 cap table right now, but there's only 33 players signed. So there's a lot of players to be added. There's a lot of you know bringbacks in terms of rookies and team control and things like that. But you know they, they don't have the $260 million that the Saints have allocated right now. Let's put it that way. They're, uh, they're fairly clean. Their dead cap situation is very, very good heading into next year. So they, they do have the ammo. They do have space, flexibility, and they do have their you know draft picks going forward to be able to build up some sort of momentum for one, maybe two veteran offseason acquisitions. And I do think they're the right team. The only other team I could see in this conversation, and I'm really... This is, this is a hot take that I really generally don't do, 
is Cleveland. If Baker Mayfield takes a real step back over the next 10 to 10 to 15 weeks, Dan, then they're, they're even better version of this. Right. Um, yes, yes. Except I, I do feel like Cleveland's the, the whole roster and, um, offense is built a built around running more, which I think if yep. they allowed Baker to open it up a little bit more, we might see, uh, we might have a higher perception. Uh, sorry, we might perceive that he has higher upside than we kind of currently do now. But I do. I, I think your point is valid. That this is a this is an important year for him. They they're going to need to re-sign him or move on in a different direction. So I, I I do agree with you there that they could be a team that looks themselves in the mirror, thinks they're a Super Bowl contender, but a quarterback away. But so here's the difference. Here's the difference between the Cleveland conversation and the Denver conversation. And I guess we can we can mildly throw Indy into this conversation too, Dan, even though you know Carson Wentz is basically guaranteed through next year. Uh, if they hate him, he's gone. They'll, they'll pay the $15 million to get out of there and just and start over if they have to. Or they'll, they'll make him a QB2 on $15 million and bring in somebody else. But th- their roster has enough oomph right now for me to, to consider them a contender to go and get another veteran quarterback and try again because they're still in that window, in my opinion. The difference between Cleveland, though, and Denver is where Denver is 30th in cap next year, Cleveland is 7th, <laughs> okay? Uh, that's a roster full of extended players, whether it's free agent contracts, whether it's internal extensions. You mentioned the running backs, but you've got Landry on a contract, Od- Odell Beckham on a contract, Austin Hooper on a contract, Chubb and, and Hunt on a contract, All the basically the entire offensive line, Miles Garrett, you know, Denzel Ward's about to get one. It's very heavy in terms of contracts. And you can say that's, it's expensive, but is, isn't it also more stable that way, right? If, if they can control themselves a little bit more versus rookies that are, that are coming up to a, a need for a contract, that's a little bit tougher water to sled because those guys generally need the next man up money. If they're on a good team, it gets a little bit dicier there with how to, how to compensate those players in a system that's already kind of built well which is sort of the Cortland Sutton conversation. How do you pay him $22 million in a situation where they're, they don't even have a quarterback figured out yet, right? Um, so Cleveland's a little bit more grown up. They have a little bit more mature situation financially. And if they're willing, and I know the city of Cleveland doesn't do this often, especially with your baseball team, but if they're willing to go big time cash flow in 2022 and bring in Rodgers on $42 million for two years, you know what I mean? It's probably the better bet for Rodgers. It's probably the better bet for Rodgers. There's a lot of unknowns in Denver, some some of which will get uncovered this year during the Bridgewater era. But if you had to pick, if you're Aaron Rodgers, Dan, you know, grow your hair out a little bit, you know, chill out (laughs) a little bit, (laughs) you know, pick, pick, pick that, make that decision for me. Is it Cleveland or is it Denver? I would still pick Denver and that's, solely based on the weapons, you know, a guy who has consistently complained about a, a team that has not put weapons around him. Sure. Um, I, I think the, the offensive weapons like through the air specifically are, are much more appealing in uh, Denver than in, um, it's a valid point. Landry's hurt again. Cleveland. Beckham's still hurt. It's a valid point. But I think your thought, I think the process you, you're thinking, your thought process is, is spot on. I mean, Cle- Cleveland will be a, t- 
they Cleveland fans should enjoy this year because I, I think they're they're going to have some you know points of tension here in the upcoming offseason. So yeah, and Baker's been good, so I don't mean to slander him in any way. It's just I'm looking at rosters that could upgrade that one single position and get immediately better, and I do think that's certainly a candidate for it. Um, here's the thing, though. <laughs> And, and we're, we're projecting that Aaron Rodgers is not going to be the Green Bay next year. That's just the easy thing to do right now. You know what I mean? It's just the easy thing to do. We're leaving out a big point. And, and you tell me, from a, from a roster construction standpoint, you know, we're both Buffalo-based. We, we spent through a lot of years of the Brady in New England situation where the Bills just basically didn't try that much because they knew they were up against a, an absolute David, you know, Goliath situation. And it's not even worth pumping max cap max cash flow into your roster knowing the division was already in hand are we leaving that part of it out because that division denver's in dan is getting to a point it's maturing to a situation where it's going to be extremely difficult to get out of there i yeah i i agree with that but it, but if anything that that supports our point to go get an elite guy you know like you you can't in that division, I don't think you can just hope to sneak into the playoffs or make a long run, right? I mean, like you're gonna you're gonna have to go beat somebody to to go anywhere. So, um, okay, that's why I know I know exactly what you mean. Like, do we even bother trying to compete with them? But in in my opinion, that's where you say I'm either gonna go get an elite guy or I'm not gonna waste my time at all trying to compete with Mahomes in in Kansas City. So. <laughs> The case test, and we can finish on this. The case test for this offseason, let's just assume everything we just said is still on the table in February. You know, let's say they lost in the first round of the postseason, Denver. They got in, but they lost, which is, uh, that's probably where I'd put my real money if I were betting on how their season's going to unfold. Um, Bridgewater was impressive, but, not, you know, nothing really to write home about. He was kind of, uh, I don't know. I mean, he certainly wasn't that in Carolina, but that was a very, very bad situation. You know, he, he, he's proved he can still be a starting quarterback, but he's he's not the kind of guy who's going to win a Super Bowl, I guess, is, the, is what we end up with Teddy Bridgewater in, at the end of 2021. We like the pieces. Cortland Sutton is a franchise tag candidate, but also a walk candidate, which is kind of what we're projecting here. They need to f- fill the pass rushing situation up. They need to upgrade the quarterback or re-sign a quarterback. And they need a they need to replace Cortland Sutton as a one B wide receiver. Does it happen? The, I mean, all of it, all of it. <laughs> I, I, Dan, they can't win without all of it. Um, then no, I, I, I think it's a lot to try and accomplish all at once, but I, I know, I know what you're getting at. I guess the point is this, We've just spent 20 minutes laying out this team specifically because it is the best case scenario for the 2022. Holy crap! Look how good this team is now. You know, sort of like we feel with Stafford and the Rams. You know, the Rams really took a step back last year. uh, You know, and I guess deservedly so with how the coach and quarterback were having their odds. Um, Denver has a chance to be that team in 2022 immediately if they do one or two things really, really well. And drafting hasn't been their thing. So I, 
I'm, I'm, I'm looking for this team to be transactionally <laughs> exciting over the next, and maybe it's at this deadline. Maybe it's at this deadline that they, that they find themselves at the end of October addressing one of these needs right now. Is there a pass rusher out there that they can acquire right now to backfill with Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb's injury to bring them into 2022? I, I would love for this team to start building for 2022 right now, knowing that they may not have enough fuel in the tank to get themselves to the finish line in 2021. But that's the kind of move that hasn't been made in the NFL enough. You know, that, that mid-season move that is effective for, you know, the short term, of course, but also we're thinking about the next 18 months with this roster and how this player specifically is going to replace a hole versus we'll react to something, whatever it's going to happen. I, ho- I hope they're having this Cortland Sutton discussion right now, Dan, because it's, it's dangerous what he could get himself into in the next six weeks. He could be... One of the, you know, from a fantasy perspective, he could be a, a must-start kind of player. He could be putting up 125 yards, you know, per game, 12 targets a game. If he shows he's that kind of player, he's a 20 million. Right now, he's a 19 million dollar player in my in my system, Dan, with as just a WR two. But over this next six six weeks, and we saw it with Calvin Ridley, we've seen it before. Robert Woods players get what they what they what they become. You know, the second he's given the keys to become a WR one in this league on a good team. Now he's that, especially heading into free agency. So, you know, is there a franchise tag in his future? Probably. But if not, he's a 20 million plus player without really trying that hard. So it's dangerous what they're getting themselves into Denver, kind of unleashing him. It's going to, it's going to turn to some production, of course, but financially speaking, it could get really expensive, really faster for this roster. And I guess what I'm hoping, and I think you're maybe on board with it too, is that they just push this gas pedal down. I'd love to see a team go all in financially when when the timing is right, and I think that's exactly what the situation is with Denver. Just do yeah, it. Yeah, I, I agree, and and we've seen countless times. You know, you you know this more than anybody. You're looking at a roster and say, how does a team get out of this cap situation? Yeah. And they do every time. You always find a taker, and um, you know, as long as you're creative, people can get out of those. So yeah, and may, Mike, may, you talking about other holes that you think they need to fill? Maybe they see an opportunity to trade Cortland Sutton to accomplish one of those other things. And then that new team had, you know, they are the ones tasked with, with giving Cortland Sutton a new deal. Um, maybe, maybe they, tr- maybe they swap Cortland Sutton. Like hypothetically, Jared Judy comes back healthy later sure. in the season. They say, Oh, we have an air, you know, this is a major area of strength. Let's swap Cortland Sutton, not need to deal with his contract situation for, you know, Devontae Adams, Adams and a first. Or, or that. Or, <laughs> yeah, I mean, a couple that. of franchise tag players being traded for themselves, right? With some ancillary picks uh, included. It, it fills both needs. For sure. For it sure. fills both needs. And then you tack on Rodgers with a, you know, a two first round pick deal. And you go and get yourself an edge rusher. Maybe Jerry Hughes, who hits the free agent market. Somebody like that is a little later in the game. It's doable. It's doable. I hope this is a team specifically I'm targeting because from a roster construction standpoint, it could get really fun, really fast. That's all I'm saying. So many teams are just relying on the draft and rightfully so it's the, it's the most efficient way to do it. It is the, it is still the best way to do it. You know, it's, it's old school, but the league's starting to open up a little bit from, from the other avenues, from the other, other ways to get players on board. And especially now that teams aren't thinking about five-year plans, they're thinking about two-year plans. The trade is the is the easiest, quickest way to fill a need. So, I, I, I'm we're having this conversation today after week two, not to overreact to that the fact that they're two and zero, but we're a month away from the trade deadline, and I think this is a team right now that's going to be at the top of that list. If they're 
six and one or seven and two or something like that, right around that deadline. But all of these discussions are being had behind the scenes. Strike now. Go get it now. Go figure out, you know, one of those things you can upgrade from a, from a bad team. You know, if, if San Francisco nosedives, if the Packers nosedive right now, can you pull one of those players off, you know, you know off their roster today, you know, in terms of the, the trade deadline? I, I like the opportunity of, of, of making other bad teams, you know, bite early uh, on their offseason <laughs> prowess because... It's going to be a thing. It's just how this this league is going. So it's it's exciting when these kind of discussions can turn to reality, and that's becoming more and more of a thing in the NFL. It's not just the NHL is the best trade deadline anymore. Yeah, you good? I totally agree. Yep. How are you feeling about your Guardians, man? Am I allowed to start calling them that? Yeah, I, I, a lot of people have actually already transitioned. So yeah. um, rough year, but I do you really think got so? Uh, yeah, I mean, rough considering, um, you know, the division was sort of wide open besides the White Sox and, yeah. um, they, they were, they looked like they were hanging earlier in the year and, uh, they fell off, but injuries, injuries got to them. I will say coming into the year, I was just hoping to see some, you know, some promise out of the young guys. Um, they have a very loaded, um, farm system. So they have some room to move there. Um, yeah, I saw steps that, you know, there's always a transition year. You just want to see some positive progress out of those guys, you know, some pitcher yet again, shockingly, some pitchers stepped up and uh, are having some incredible years out of nowhere. So yeah, I, 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 they're not going to win anything in the next couple of years here, but I think they're, uh, reloading here to, to, to make another run in the next, in the next decade. All right. I'm going to put you totally on the spot here and I'm going to trust that your baseball knowledge is going to carry the day. Which team in Major League Baseball is the Denver Broncos? Which team just needs that one or two pieces that is going to make them a legitimate contender in 2022, assuming that there is baseball? <laughs> um, I will say, I'll say 1A Milwaukee, 1B Seattle. Those are my two teams. I like I it. Think- I think I think Milwaukee is um, I think their rotation plus their relief. Uh, sorry, their bullpen is loaded. I think their offense um, is constructed really well in a lot of ways. Um, but I think they are missing maybe one bat. Hey, maybe Freddie Freeman there. I know uh, we'll we'll get into that on sure. another day. Um, Milwaukee, I think, is one one player away. Um, Seattle. Ha- they may be two years away and a and a major player out, but um, Seattle, watch they're they're going to be someone we're talking about for years to come. Seattle's an excellent choice. Um, by the way, I think the Brewers can win the World Series this year, so I'm going to keep them off this list. That uh, their pitching is ridiculous, and some of those bats are starting to come alive. I'm going to give you a, a team that is so chalk, but actually makes a lot of sense in this conversation. I think it's the Yankees. I think, okay, the, fair. I think yeah, the Yankees yeah. are a fringe World Series team right now. Obviously, they're not going to make the playoffs. But you you drop Trevor Story and a pitcher, one of these, you know, Robbie Ray, whatever the hell it's going to be on that roster, they should win. They should win. They should. They're, the team construction, the roster construction is too boomer bust. You know, we're trying to hit home runs or strike out. Like, I while you can get hot and that can carry you as a whole, I tend to think teams built like that don't have a lot of playoff success. Um, see the Minnesota twins, but um, I, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. The Yankees could win this year. They could add a player and also win again next year. Um, I just, 
long term, I don't like. I, I think they need to retool and uh, kind of rethink how they've how they've built Oof. that team. But, I don't think the Yankees and retooling are an option, Dan. That's just not how it works in the process. Yeah, well, I, I guess I just, you know, like, is Gio Urshela the kind of guy you want there? Is, you know, Brent Gardner, obviously, he's the, done. This probably his year. I, I just mean there's a lot of players where you just look and you look up and down the lineup and you're just like, there's nothing dynamic about this roster. Yeah, all of them can hit 25, 30 home runs, no problem. But I don't know, man. I just, I, that, I just, I like, um, you know, a more dynamic roster. I think the Yankees are very good again. Could, you know, obviously they're, they're disappointing, but I do think that roster has massive upside. Um, I just, I, I think in the postseason you run into a couple pitchers that are red hot. Your bats are ice cold, striking yep. out a lot. You're, you don't get anywhere. You don't get very far. Yeah, so. I guess that's my point. If Garrett Cole had a one B behind him, that that's a very different team, regardless of the fact that they're, that they're uppercutting on everything, you know, from a, <laughs> from a batting standpoint, uh, that's many teams in the league, unfortunately. But I do think just one more legitimate pitcher is is going to really change that franchise over the next year and a half or two years. We'll see. I like Seattle a lot. Uh, that's a, you know, I'm doing this free agent piece right now, and we'll get to it probably next week, you and I. Seattle's a team that could be a destination for a lot of these major names because when when the timing is right, speaking of, you know, when to build your team, when the timing is right, Seattle pays. They will go. They'll, they'll go big on big contracts. You know, Corey Seager could be an option there. One of those big shortstops I would have to imagine lands there. And it's not going to be, you know, nickel and diming. It's going to be $300 million. So that's a team I'm looking at from a lot of positional standpoints, but I expect a big, big cash flow offseason from Seattle. Like I think we might see from the number Broncos as well. Good stuff, man. I appreciate your time on this. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. Always good to catch up with cousin Dan. My thanks to the athletic as well. Visit the athletic.com slash spot track S P O T R A C for 40% off your first year subscription. And of course, balanced bridge funding, get your clients financial situation in perfect guaranteed order. Balancebridge.com. for Scott Allen. My name is Mike Gennetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the spot track podcast.